4 o'clock football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Got Candy, got Hill, got Ari. No Cofield, he'll be back in a bit. He's getting ready for the Nathan's hot dog eating contest like he does every single year. Uh, finally, Steve going to take on Joey Chestnuts, the destiny that he's always been set up for. I'm glad he's making it happen. That could be true. That might not be true. I'm just kind of throwing things out there because he's not here and I can say these things. Uh, Four o'clock football frenzy is here. Give me a crunch, crunch. I sounded a little aggressive. Give me a crunch, crunch. Not nearly as aggressive as Martellus Bennett. Oh, buddy, Adam Hill. Marty B was wilding out. He doesn't think too much of Jimmy Garoppolo. I'll tell you that right now. No, no, he does not think much of Jimmy Garoppolo. He appeared on a podcast with uh, Jason Devin McCourty, all former Patriots, of course. He had some things to say about the 2016 season. You might remember uh, that's when Tom Brady's balls were deflated and it was a a four-game suspension that Jimmy Garoppolo was responsible for guiding the Patriots through. In the second game of that four-game run, hurt his non-throwing shoulder. Uh, By Thursday of the following week, they thought he was going to play. By Sunday, oh no, oh no, turns out that Jimmy Garoppolo didn't play, and Martellus Bennett, six years later, let it all fly about that moment. Bro, we lost two games. One of them was because Jimmy Garoppolo was being a bitch and didn't and try to quit, he quit before us on the last, decided not to play right before the game. So we went out there. Jacob, Jacoby came out and played with a up thumb and gave his played his heart out. But Jimmy was just being a bitch about it all, and he's still being like that's why he you can't win with a bitch for a quarterback, first of all. So like. That was the whole thing with him. He didn't want to come out and, like, do anything because his agent was trying to protect his body or some shit like that, which I can't fault him for that. But, like, you should have made that decision on Thursday. Now on Sunday, you know what I'm saying? Oh. Oh, my. Oh. Oh, dear. Uh, Julian Edelman. <laughs> he, had to, he had to come to Garoppolo's defense. Uh, he did. Julian Edelman. Uh, wait a second. Hold on. Let me read this a little closer. <laughs> oh. Oh, no. Again. Uh, turns out that Julian Edelman said he understands why Martellus Bennett was upset and why former teammates might have been upset that Jimmy Garoppolo ultimately didn't play in that game and ended up sitting out for a couple of games and ultimately uh, hurt the Patriots uh, the early part of that season until until Tom Brady was back. Adam, I have heard some NFL players lob some criticism over the years. This was as pointed as anything I've heard. Yeah, and especially, I, I mean... I, I know, you know, Marty B is in a different spot, but like Garoppolo is like right in the midst of his career, um, still a current player. It's just, it's, it's pretty, you know, damning to go after somebody, especially a former teammate uh, who is still a player. And by the way, still looking for a home, kind of. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen with him, uh, where he might end up playing. Like, I know, you know, right now it looks like he's just going to be backing up with the 49ers, but. I mean, he's he's going to want to be traded somewhere. He's going to go, go somewhere where he can play. This is kind of polluting the water a little bit. So I'm sure the 49ers aren't, aren't thrilled with this. Well, I think the amazing part of all of this is that if Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't have a fourth-quarter overthrow against the Chiefs, uh, apparently you can win with a B for a quarterback because yeah. they were that close to winning a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo at the helm, as strange as it sounds. And now former Super Bowl nearly winning quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo is maybe 
going to be the starting quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers this Doubtfully? year? Doubtfully? But I, we have, we're going to get into the Baker Mayfield situation in the Big Five. We have two franchises where we're almost in July, and there is zero clarity as to who is going to throw the first football for the Sure. But, and I, I think on the on the Garoppolo point, like his record is fairly impressive. I mean, the win-loss record is there. Obviously, he's played some, on some good teams. But it will also tell you, you know, to the people that are like, why would the 49ers draft a quarterback in the first round after this guy took him – on the verge of a Super Bowl championship. Why would you do that? Well, maybe this is the feeling from a lot of different people in the organization and around the league and that that's why you would make a decision like that. I mean, this is what we hear all the time about quarterbacks, that they either have the locker room or they don't have the locker room, right? <laughs> Last year, all we heard about all year long was how Derek Carr was keeping the locker room together through all the John Gruden turmoil, through the Henry Ruggs turmoil, and it feels like when it comes to the point of do we want this quarterback long-term or not, right, and the Raiders make the commitment to Derek Carr, it's as much about can we trust them in the locker room as can we trust them on the field. Who trusts Jimmy Garoppolo in the locker room right now? It would sound like nobody. Not Martellus Bennett. Uh, thankfully, Marty B. not going to be on the voting committee to decide if uh, Jimmy Garoppolo stays in San Francisco this year. But it, it's remarkable because Baker Mayfield can still throw a football. Jimmy Garoppolo can still throw a football, and yet both of these guys seem to have engendered such bad will among other players that that seems like as big a reason why they're not getting jobs as anyone else. Remember, the, it was Robbie Anderson in Carolina putting up on his Instagram that he didn't want anything to do with Baker Mayfield when it, the talk was that Matt Rule was going to trade for him from the Browns. God, it, oh, man. You know, you know, like there's times that you want to say things in there, and then you just realize you're not allowed to. Yes, yes, I. <laughs> yeah, just all the time. I mean, that's that's basically the story of the last uh, last couple of decades for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that, yeah, I just had to catch myself on. All that right, one. let's just get, let give the people a little taste. What was it going to be about? Uh, I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't do it. All right, okay. I, I, I like, I may have, I may have some insight on some, you know, some things around around the Panthers potentially, but I, you know. I can't say anything like that, so I gotta gotta keep that keep that to myself. All right, the Sam Darnold pipeline remains quiet. Sure. Crunch, crunch. Sure. Uh, speaking of quarterbacks who don't have the locker room, uh, Carson Wentz <laughs> is back in the discussion here because his number one wide receiver got paid. Uh, Terry McLaurin. Again, these are all the funny money numbers, but we throw them out there because that's how we initially compare all of these before we do the guarantees. Three years, $71 million for Terry McLaurin. And if you don't think about Terry McLaurin among the top wide receivers in the NFL, uh, the numbers suggest you probably should. And Adam, Taylor Heineke, Dwayne Haskins, rest in peace, uh, he hasn't exactly gotten it done, has Terry McLaurin, with the best of quarterbacks over the years, and do we have to uh, do we have to look at Carson Wentz, the best quarterback that Terry McLaurin has had? Like, is he going to pay off this contract in spades by having a close to average, slightly below average Carson Wentz this year? Let me. I mean, let me. I know you said it correctly, but I just want to clarify for those. You're what you're saying is he's done very well with not good quarterbacks. Uh, correct, yeah. and knowing the way that I screw things up, I guarantee I word saladed that one. I think I think because I, I think it sounded like you were saying he hasn't gotten it done, and he's had great quarterbacks. That's not what you're oh, saying. Oh no, no, oh he quite has, the opposite. He has had just a 
a run of uh, just dead flat average to terrible quarterbacks and been able to be one of the more productive receivers in the league. So I think it's why he was in demand. I think there's it's why there was rumors that the Packers really wanted to trade for him. Um, what could he do with a great quarterback? And, and I'm not saying Carson Wentz is great at, at the high end. He's great. Like he's capable of playing great. Um, we don't see it enough and we see way too much silliness to go along with the great, but yeah, I think that he's in a position to potentially succeed. And, and the, the, com- I almost said the R word, uh, the commanders, uh, are, you know, making that commitment to him knowing like, Hey, this is a dynamic offensive weapon that you're going to need to have in place in order to help Carson Wentz succeed. You know, I think Terry McLaurin is actually so fast, he might be able to deliver that subpoena directly to Dan Snyder. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. I think it's uh, been pretty obvious the mutual decision on both sides is, is to move on. You know, I'm I'm thankful for my four years in Cleveland. There's a lot of ups and downs and a ton of learning experiences that, uh, you know, I'll forever keep with me and relationships that I'll have for a lifetime. And the support staff in Cleveland, the people of Cleveland, it's a great sports town. So I'm thankful for it. And that's, there's no resentment towards the city of Cleveland by any means. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. That's the voice of Baker Mayfield, who apparently was getting ready to sell phones alongside Lily from AT&T, talking about how much he adored his time in Cleveland. Uh, It's not the same Baker Mayfield I remember hearing from not all that long ago. Goldfield Company, Adam Candy, Adam Hill, Ari, on an Adams Family Edition on Tuesday afternoon. We'll get to Baker Mayfield and his situation along with the first day of the Deshaun Watson disciplinary hearing in the Big Five not the only NFL figure subject to discipline at the moment. Uh, of course, in order to be subject to discipline, Adam, you first have to be found. Huh. Um, you cannot catch a fugitive who refuses to be caught. And Dan Snyder has all sorts of ways to avoid being caught. He has thus far ducked the subpoena from the Congressional Oversight Committee investigating the toxic workplace culture of the don't call them Washington football team. Um, his lawyer said, well, you only offered us one date and, and uh, his attorney's out of the country. And so we couldn't, we couldn't accept this subpoena. We, we can't be there that day. Um, Adam, I feel like what we're going to find out here is that the only date that Dan Snyder is available is January 21st of 2023. Just, the first day that potentially a different party is in charge of Congress. Yeah, potentially that that would be the case. Uh, also, he's probably available any day that there's playoff games in the NFL. How dare you? You were just talking about Carson Wentz and, and his high end and the fact that Scary Terry was going to have high-end Carson Wentz available to him, you know, for two or three games. Like, that, that seems like you're saying they might make the playoffs this year. No, I'm saying, yeah, they might not make the play. He's, he's nah, available. They're, no. they're not Both sides be, of your mouth, yeah. Hill. Both sides of your mouth. Uh, it was just a clunky bad joke. It's fine. Um, no, it was a fantastic yeah. joke. I just wanted to step on okay, it. Okay, that's fair. Um, I would say that, yeah, he's he's going to just keep evading this, and it's it's crazy. I will say watching watching some of the, you know, the hearing with Goodell, I mean, it's just so obnoxious. Anything that goes on. Politically, that that's also that is also why today 
I will say, like, without getting into the details of what happened today, like, okay, we're just going to have two people. We're just going to actually ask questions. Like, there's not going to be some grandstanding, some showboating. We're not going to give you – we're not going to give you your time to just make these grandiose, ridiculous statements that have nothing to do with what's going on. We're not going to have you ask about bloggers and why they're not at games. Like, that's irrelevant. Um, we're just going to ask questions that are relevant to the proceedings today. That seems to be how I'd prefer my Congress to work. Okay. And today well, it was, listen, one person from each side of the aisle, go ahead and ask your questions. That that worked. With, with this, with the football hearing, like four people in a row were like, why are we even here? Why are we here? Because there was, there was people being treated like trash and thrown away and discarded, and it wasn't actually being investigated or looked into or talked about because of these ridiculous rules in the NFL where everything's quiet and they can do their own investigations and there's no oversight on them. So guess what? Now there's oversight. That's why they're there because people are being treated like garbage and you were allowing this league to run wild and do whatever they wanted. That's why they're here. That's the answer to your question. Stop asking it. That's why they're here. So like, don't do the silliness of – like uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. This is for my constituents at home. I think this is a waste of time. It's not. You think people being treated like trash and sexually harassed and groped—that's that's a waste of your time. Really, you're gonna do this stupid game? So that that's why that's it's it, it's both sides. This is not. A, yes, in this case, it was a certain side of the aisle. It's both sides that do it, and it's silly and stupid. And today worked a lot better than that. But that is what's going on with these hearings, and I'm sure Snyder's going to get in, and it's going to be complete nonsense in there too. But guess what? It shouldn't be. This is real. It's something real that they should be looking into and talking about. So stop with that. And and I hope that he does have to sit there, and I hope he does have to answer questions because he treated people like this and swept it under the rug, and they had carte blanche to do it because of these ridiculous rules where you're not even allowed to look in anything there. So that that's why he should be there, and that's why he should answer questions. And I'm sure he never won't because rich people never have to answer for anything they do. But that's fine. We're gonna we should keep trying. Well said, sir. Well said on Daniel Snyder uh, ducking a subpoena from the Congressional Oversight Committee, and it's not uncommon to go through a situation like this. Of course, with people having to deal with grandstanding hearings. Uh, if you haven't seen what's going on uh, in the news today, Adam would suggest you catch up later. Wow. wow. Yeah, yeah. Just grab the wheel and catch up. Yep, yep. Just grab the wheel and that's, that's the theme of the show today. <laughs> grab the wheel and catch up. Um, for $50 million a year or whatever Roger Goodell makes, Adam, could you sit in front of Congress and continue to say things that you know damn well are not true? Like, you, you know you are going to sit up there and you are going to repeatedly deflect or lie over and over. Like, is there a salary at which you would feel comfortable doing what Roger Goodell does for yeah. the NFL owners? Yes. Well, first of all, we talked about this. He's great at it. So I don't want to pretend like I could. Because what we can we can make fun of it and and call it silly and everything else, but there is a real art to what he does, what he did up there, and what he does in general. But it's not it's not just lying and deflecting; it's doing it so artfully and skillfully that you keep yourself out of trouble. Like there's ways to answer questions, and I I think a lot of people think that they I I could sit up there and do that. No, you couldn't. Like it's a talent and a skill to be able to answer a question. 
and evade a question, but do it in a way that you're not actually lying and that your words can be – we just like we just said it. I was was clunky kind of in how I delivered a joke. You were clunky in how you delivered something you said. Like there, When every single word matters and it's picked apart and gone over and, and parsed through and looked for if you could be accused of actually lying, but you're actually using the words exactly right so that you're you're lying but you're not technically lying – like that is an art, and not a lot of people have it. So, like he earns that money in in this regard, and he he does it, and you know, not that he's under oath, but he does it in front of the press at press conferences. He does it in interviews, and now he does it in front of Congress in a way that he has to be perfect. Like there is a skill to that. So I don't I don't think I could be in that position, but yeah, there's an amount of money that I would feel comfortable with it. I think, and that's the question I'm getting down to. I'm not saying either one of us has the skill to master the wax on, wax off in the way that Roger Goodell does, right? Like, nothing touches him. Uh, it, it's like a combination of Miyagi and Neo. Like, he, the man is just incredibly that's the, amazing. That's the Matrix? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's All a right. little Karate Kid Matrix. Oh, well, I knew Karate Kid. Please, look, look. No way on this show with me here are you going to claim to be the pop culture hermit. I serve the one who knows nothing. No, 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 I, but, but uh, not pop culture hermit. Movies that can't happen in real life, Hermit. You know what? Uh, Daniel San is very upset to hear you accuse that of not being able to happen. No, no, life. no, no. Karate Kid can happen, my okay. friend. Okay, I'm just checking that you're like because that was going to blow up everything you ever said about Cobra Kai well, in it, like one second. Is it the Matrix? It doesn't it, like dodges the bullets. Yes, and, like, it, it is. That, it's that science can't. fiction. That's why it's called yeah. fiction. Yeah, I can't. I can't watch that. No. All right. Goodell's ability to do that is is next level. It's just. I think I, I'm not saying I, I, I'm not a, I'm not a morally perfect person. I'm not even a morally great person, but I do think the next morning I would wake up and be bashing my head against the mirror if I did what Roger Goodell does for a living on those days. No, no, that, like my why, my soul would be dying no. to get out of me. That's fine. Then then go sit on the beach in Turks and Caicos or something because you can afford to go. <laughs> he can't. Have, when can the man ever take a vacation? He can't ever take a vacation. He, as soon as he gets done going up to Congress and lying his keister off for Dan Snyder, then he has to come back and play theoretically impartial arbiter for Deshaun Watson. No, he's not the arbiter in this case. Sue Robinson we've, is. Yes, we've, we've, rev, yes, we've is revised the system. <laughs> Roger Goodell has no influence over it anymore. Okay. No, he can appeal at the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. Can also you, you unilaterally make a decision to fire her whenever he wants, which is preposterous. I feel like we've turned this from take the wheel and catch up to take the wheel and scream, which actually that goes with today also, doesn't it? Okay, you're gonna leave me hanging. Oh, I thought one. you were. I thought you were trying to go to go to break out a strong. <laughs> I was throwing it's like, oh, commercial hey. on that. No, uh, no, I'm like, okay, uh, yeah, sure, absolutely, the scream. Uh. The screaming does have to do with the yeah. Also. Yeah, yeah. Uh, don't keep it a secret. Don't keep it a secret. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the Daniel Snyder situation seems destined to end up running out the clock, right, Adam? Like, I, I don't think there's any way he ever ends up in front of this committee. I don't even think Dan Snyder shows up to plead the fifth because I think Dan Snyder sees himself as so far above all of this. Yeah as so much of the one percenters that he doesn't have to deal with crap like this. I cannot imagine him 
it, it's like succession. I cannot imagine him in a very Logan Roy way deigning to show up in front of Congress. Well, well also, I mean, I'm about to give him credit, and he might not even deserve it. Um, Daniel Snyder doesn't talk that often, right? I mean, we hear him in the news all the time, but he doesn't actually talk that often. Huh. The, okay. I actually am trying to give him credit here. It's not going to sound like it. The, your, your contrarian nature is going to have to reach on this one. It's not going to sound like it, but I am. We just described how we would not be able to do what Goodell does, right? Okay. Like, we wouldn't be able to do that. All right. That's a skill. I think Daniel Snyder might be self-aware enough that he's not smart. Okay. And and I think what we're, what we're getting at here is his his talent – is realizing that he doesn't have talent. Yeah, and that he he understands that he would not be able to go and sit in front of Congress and do what and walk that tightrope that Goodell walked and be perfect with his words and perfect with his answers. And that's why he doesn't do much media. That's why he doesn't do many interviews because he knows he would come off bad. That's why he doesn't do – he's not going to answer the subpoena because he would rather ignore it and take whatever consequences could come because I think he doesn't think that they're going to actually come like detain him. And that he could just he could just be like you know what I know that I would not be able to pull that off I'm not going to do it and so he I, I you know what I can get down with this I can get down with the idea that a man who made his fortune as a cut rate grifter with an investment from his father I'm, I'm getting too into the news sorry I, I I just keep leaking out Cofield and Company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas it's the Fat Pack on Cofield and Company. Please don't talk about me when I'm gone. Oh, honey, though our friendship ceased it from now on. And you know, we usually try to keep it light in the fat pack. Odd, right? Fat <laughs> pack. Yeah, we keep it light. Uh, Adam Candy, Adam Hill, no Steve Cofield uh, here on Cofield and Company this afternoon. But apparently some people take their food not just a little too seriously, a lot too damn seriously. Uh, Adam, you saw the subway story out of Atlanta? I mean, I, I still keep up on a lot of subway stories, uh, Adam. As a former sandwich artist, mm-hmm. I'm still in the pipeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I understand that you might have inside information, maybe even more than you're allowed to share, uh, on average days about subway. This, of course, involves the police. This is one of the more unbelievable stories that that I've seen in I can't even tell you how long. I'll just read straight from the story from today.com. An Atlanta subway employee was killed. Another was injured when a customer opened fire because there was too much mayonnaise on his sandwich, according to police and the owner of the store. Just after 6.30 p.m., uh, a fatal shooting happened when a customer allegedly shot and killed a 26-year-old female worker. Another 24-year-old female employee was injured and the injured employee's five-year-old son uh, was inside oh. of the subway. And and I know the easy reaction here is probably to just say, what in the ever-living hell? Um, and that's all I've got. Like, the, yeah. like that's, all, that's all I've got is that this man had a sandwich made improperly and shot someone and i know the world has taken a lot of a lot of really tough turns for a lot of people over the last couple of years and we've talked about this in terms of in terms of officiating 
Adam, where there are certain things in officiating I don't even do anymore uh, because I'm just a little bit too nervous about how people are going to react and how they're going to overreact and what sort of things they're going to do. I've never worried that I'm going to get shot. And I um, I don't even know if I have a question for you. I, I, I'm just going to kind of leave this out there to say, what did you think when you saw this? Is there anything beyond just a void of, of understanding? No, I mean, you know, it's obviously frustrating when your sandwiches are made, right? But that's ridiculous. Uh-huh. Uh, and like I said, I did work. I did work at Subway for a year. That was one of my jobs growing up. And I think back to people that just got very angry at different things that, like, not even, not make, like, just different, stupid, hey, their coupon is expired or it's not valid on this sandwich they want to get or, like, how mad people would get. And you would just be, like, dude, I don't know. I'm 16. I, I, what do you want me to do? I, I don't know what to tell you. I'm making I'm making your sandwich. I, I I'm sorry. I'll try to help as best as I can. I'll try to be nice. But there's people that would like be ballistic, and I would see other coworkers like fight back with them, and I would just be like, I don't know what you're doing. Because look, if you want to scream and yell that there's too much mayonnaise on your sandwich, I will just I will just make you another sandwich. Like that's fine. I'm not going to argue with you and scream about you. And I don't know what they did in this case. Like well, I don't I don't know if they scream back or oh you want to talk back. about fighting back, Adam. The store manager returned fire. Okay. So yes, they they fought back. But I mean before, and, and I'm not I'm not suggesting that they were responsible by fight. Like I get, like I'd have bad days, and I'd about to be like, I'll 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 fight you if you want if you want to scream at me when I'm working here. I'll, I will, but I I just didn't because I didn't ever want to escalate things. And I don't again, I don't know that they did. I'm just saying the position that you're in. You're like, okay, sir. If somebody just starts screaming at you, you're like, yes, sir, or yes, ma'am. Okay, okay. Okay, that's fine. And and I know that that's not, you know, it, it doesn't make you feel great and you, that's not what you want to do. But, I mean, that's a position that you're in is, like, do I have to just shriek back and, like, take everything from you because I'm an employee? Like, yeah, that's that's how I did it. And, and I, I just feel so bad for people that are in customer service jobs where they just have to be beaten around all day. It sucks. And people are just the worst. So I really brought this story up to make this point. Oh, sorry, sorry to go to no. into a serious no, no, no. service breakdown. No, no, no. That was that was exactly okay. No, your experience as a subway employee factors into all this, uh, y'all. Sandwich artist, bro. Be, be respectful. I'm going to show some respect to you by not responding to that. Okay. Y'all, chill. All of you, everyone, are you driving right now, listening to us? Did someone just cut you off? Let it go. Chill. Chill. We are all going through it. The last two plus years for all of us in some way, shape, or form have sucked. They've sucked. There's no way around it. They've been terrible for any variety of reasons. Maybe you've lost loved ones to the coronavirus. Maybe you've lost a job. Maybe you've been stuck inside. Maybe you've been in a customer service job as a sandwich artist like Adam and had to take a mountain of crap from increasingly frustrated people. Y'all, chill. Chill. Seriously. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. I don't care what was wrong with your sandwich. I don't want mayonnaise on my sandwich. (laughs) I do not. I don't want to scrape mayonnaise off my sandwich. I might take that mayonnaise and throw it at the wall. 
condiments thrown at the wall is the theme of the day. I might take that mayonnaise and fling it at the wall. I might throw it at the subway employee if I were just over the top mad about something. Probably wouldn't do that, really. Could, could I? Can I tell you that yesterday I, I ordered a salad, which I do order the same. Like it is at the point, and we've talked about this show a little bit that I go to the same place almost every day because I can just sit there and write, and it's like you can find a corner that's incredibly quiet away from everybody. I order the same salad every day the same way. Always with no tomatoes. Every single time. To the point where I walk in, almost every employee there is like, yep, I know. No no tomatoes, salad, here you go. Almost every day. Yesterday, happened again, and there was a new person. I said, the only thing I care about is no tomatoes. I, I just hate them. I don't want them on the salad. Whatever. He's like, oh, okay, for sure. Yes, 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 for sure. They bring the salad, tomatoes everywhere. And did I get, did I get up and throw them at somebody or shoot some? No. I was like, ah, oh, that sucks. And I took them off and threw them away. And I went about my day. Like, why can't people do that? It's mayonnaise. It's tomatoes. Calm. The F. Down. Okay? You need to chill. In fact, you know what, Adam? Let's give people a reason to feel good. Are you mad in traffic right now? Are you upset? Are you stuck sitting on the 15 right now? Is something happening to you in traffic? Okay, well... I got an answer for you. Go watch other people be angry. We're going to send somebody to WWE Money in the Bank. It's coming. All right, we've got two tickets. Ari is going to give them away to you right now. But here's the one stipulation I'm going to put on this. I need you to be very calm when you talk to Ari. Ari is not a naturally calm human Scream being. at him. We need, no, we need, to, we need to keep everything nice and calm for Ari. Two tickets. WWE Money in the Bank this Saturday, July 2nd at the MGM Grand Garden Arena. Tickets available at AXS.com for Money in the Bank. Okay, there are five letters in the word chill. So caller number five is going to get the tickets if you're nice to Ari. 702-364-1100, Calm down! Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Sammy P. Sammy P. Tuesday, Cofield and Company, Adam's family version, Adam Candy, Adam Hill, Steve on the sidelines, Ari in the Finley Toyota Studios. It is, of course, just about a week until one of the great traditions in all of American folklore commences once again. The Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Joey Chestnut is back at it. 74 and a half is your line on Joey Chestnut's hot dog consumption. We put up our poll at ESPN Las Vegas on Twitter, and we asked how many hot dogs could you eat in five minutes. Uh, Ari's giving me the preliminary results as of right now. Okay. Two-thirds of you say you could eat five hot dogs. Okay. 17% of you say 10 hot dogs. 8% say you could eat the 74 and a half. You're liars. And then another 8% say none. Hot dogs are gross. Well, you're just sad. Sam <laughs> um, Sam Paniotovich. In our Ion Sports Gaming is here to 
talk hot dogs and much more. <sighs> Sammy, are you ready for a little Nathan's action on July 4th? I'm ready for sure, but we've buried the lead already on this segment. <laughs> what? I already completely ripped the poll question from my Twitter. I don't know what do you're that. talking about. We would never do that. He lifted it almost verbatim. We would never do that. Wait, Ari the, would do that. I wouldn't do that. Wasn't yours something about the – didn't you have an actual total? Like a four and a half in five minutes or something? So the reason I asked that question is because I usually use the public to get to the right number. That's what any good bookmaker would do, okay. right? I mean, the occasional sharp bet here and there could help you as well. But we have, you know, on our show on Nesson, we have four to five minute segments. So the producer says, well, how many hot dogs could you eat in one segment? And I said, well, that depends on how long the segment is. Sometimes we have 2.30. Sometimes we have 3.30. Sometimes we have five. So he goes, I'll give you five minutes. And I don't think you can eat five hot dogs. On live TV. I said, well, I really have no interest in doing that. And then he's like, come on, chicken. So now I'm like, all right, I need to do this because that's all it takes with me. So that's the precipice of the question. How many hot dogs could you eat in five minutes, which would translate to a five-minute television segment for me? I have to eat five on Thursday. They're giving me an over-under of four and a half. I don't feel great about it, but I'm going to try it. I don't, I don't think it's that hard. The first three are the easiest ones, that's for sure. Anybody who's ever eaten hot dogs um, for a challenge before, <coughs> not that I have or anything, sure. the, the first three are the easiest ones. The, the fourth one is sort of weird, and then from five on, it's just pain. Well, remember, time cannot be underestimated here. This is not, you know, in one sitting. This is in five minutes standing on television. I think I could do it, but I think people underestimate how tough that is in just five minutes. I think it will be awkward. I, I will say this. You have to, as you said, the first three are easy, and you got to do them as quickly as possible. Like a minute and a half, get those three. <clears throat> so you have a little bit of time. But there are, there are like, man, I know that I get a lot of grief for really making sure that things are in order and, and the rules are straight and set and everything. Whoever's cooking these is, has a lot of pressure. Because if they're not cooked right, it's going to be much more difficult. It's got to be the perfect temperature, the perfect cook. It can't be undercooked. It'll be so gross that you can't do it. So that's that's part of it. And also, you're not putting anything on them, right? There's no condiments, nothing like that? No, you can't. Because if you start adding tomatoes and relish oh. and mustard and all that, well, not that mustard would, would add much to the mix, but if you start adding in onions and celery salt and relish and all that stuff all that extra jazz i love my hot dogs that way but if you're trying to eat them for money or eat them to prove somebody wrong it's got to just be the dog and the bond people are like well you should dip it in the water no i'm not a psychopath <laughs> that's how you do it do you want to win or not you think i should dunk yes that's now the do i dunk way. do i dunk or baptize <laughs> i think you i think you fully dunk but also there is a difference in buns, right? It's, who's picking the bun? We're going to a local hot dog stand, so okay. I think it's a traditional, regular hot dog. I don't think it's anything. We won't have any odds maker error, if you will. Okay, let me let me just throw a little piece of inside <laughs> baseball here, Sammy. Is JJ involved in this? Yes. Okay, I want JJ eating hot dogs. I don't think he, he says do he could eat seven. He's no like, way. I could eat seven, no, no way. problem, no chance. I've seen that man eat, no chance. No way JJ's getting to getting to seven. I, I, I have faith in you. Uh, my question, Sammy, is we got the number sitting 74.5 on Joey Chestnut. Uh, what do the guys behind the counter think they're going to take on this? Is anyone betting under? 
I don't know who's going to bet the under. And there will be some people that will just think, you know, it was funny because a couple of years ago, one of the 4th of July's on Coney Island was like 95 degrees. And you know how it goes in the handicapping space. People just, they come up with an angle and they supply enough ammo or statistics or whatever BS to complement their angle. And one of the angles was, well, it's too hot. It's going to be 95 degrees. Joey Chestnut's going to be sweating bullets. He's not going to want to get out there and, and, and do the extreme or overshoot it. That was the event where he broke the world record. So I think if you're if you're betting under on Joey Chestnut, like we know that there's a chance he doesn't get it. Say he's up 30 or 40 hot dogs or whatever. But this guy is such a wacko that he competes against – he doesn't compete against the field – he competes against himself, and that's a competitor that is trying to overshoot what he's done in years past. So, I look, if I was betting on this, and I'm probably not going to because I have morals, I would probably bet the over. But yet the house is charging you minus 130, minus 135 to go over. So you're being taxed on Joey Chestnut over 74 and a half. Is it, isn't age going to catch up at some point? I mean, I think he's uh, off the top of my head. I think he's 38 or 39 right now. He's getting up there. That's for sure. He is 38 years old from Fulton County, Kentucky it's, in by, the red corner. By the way, I should be embarrassed that I knew that. I'm proud. So he's eating 70, 72, 74, 71. In 2020, he had 75. In 2021, he consumed 76 hot dogs and buns, breaking his own world record for the contest. My thing is, he's such a sicko, he's going to see that 76 last year and go, I need to beat it. Above and beyond the theme for Joey Chestnut, he might just decide he wants to beat everyone. Aaron Judge is right now head and shoulders above the field for American League MVP, Sammy, and, and we're starting to see it pop up from some books. Will you take the field versus Aaron Judge? Uh, Aaron Judge has a pretty lengthy injury history. I don't know that I feel that confident about him staying healthy the entire season. Shohei Otani, you know, still exists. So how are you looking at that market? You can't lay 110 with Judge. I, I see some books are even higher, minus 15, minus 120 on Aaron Judge. Look, he's the best player on baseball's best team. We all know that. We all understand that. Thing is, the bookmakers all know that too. So you are now laying money to win a hundred. Remember, his preseason odds were fifteen to one or higher. So that hundred that made you fifteen hundred, now you have to lay one fifteen, one twenty to win a hundred. I'm not doing that. This is the worst time to buy Aaron Judge stock. So I looked at a couple other players, and there are two that are really interesting, and these are double digit guys. Jordan Alvarez is 10-1 to 1 right now for the Houston Astros. He has a better on-base percentage. He's slugging better. His OPS is better. And in 45 less at-bats, Candy, he has six fewer RBIs and three fewer homers. Oh, by the way, he's also a dominant presence for a team that leads its division by double-digit games. Now, look, we know if Aaron Judge is going to hit 60 home runs on a team that wins 110 games, that's probably going to mean he wins the MVP. But this is the time to look at other guys. Alvarez is one I just mentioned. He's, he's right there in almost every single statistical category. The other guy is Rafi Devers, who leads the majors in several categories. Hits, doubles, extra base hits, total bases, and runs created. He's batting 333, 17 homers, and 45 ribbies. The power number's not there. 
But his offensive metrics, analytically speaking, and we know the nerds that vote for this stuff love the analytics. His war is higher. His offensive war is higher. It's like Judge has more homers and more runs scored, but that's it. And that doesn't justify him being minus 110. That's the point. You could bet Judge right now at minus 110, but I'd much rather you bet 100 to win 1,000 on Alvarez or 12 to 1 on Devers because the gap should not be that big. And that's all I'm getting at. Oh, what a homer. Boston Sammy. I could care less if Rafi Devers wins the MVP, <laughs> to be perfectly I honest. I, know, I wish one of my White Sox guys were playing better. That's where my bread is buttered. Those guys freaking suck right now, which oh, is a different story for a different day. It's brutal. But, I mean, if you if you guys get a second, when you get home or get up tomorrow morning, go do the side-by-side comparison between Judge and Alvarez and Judge and Devers, and there is no way in hell that one player should be minus 110 and the other should be 10 and 12 to 1. Period. On a, I mean, on a serious note on these, not not this in particular, but it does apply. How much do you – I know you're just looking for value, but how much do you just take into consideration? Like, I mean, if a Yankee does anything good, they're going to win these awards. I don't think those are directly correlated. And there's also the elephant in the room. Candy brought it up. Judge has had several injuries over the years. Now, sure. you don't want to bet – on injury regression. I mean, that's sort of, I guess, what I'm getting at here. Well, eventually he's going to get hurt. I mean, he's played the perfect season right now, and there's still 100 games to go. You know, so this is not a sprint. It's a marathon. And remember who the favorite was last year around this time in the NL race for Cy Young? Jacob DeGrom. You know, uh, in the MVP race, Fernando Tatis Jr. At this time last year, Bryce Harper was 101 to win the NL MVP. Right around the 4th of July, 125 to 1 at BetMGM. He ends up winning the MVP. MVPs are not won in June. They are won in August and September. And if you can get a player that you think can hang around statistically and is on a contending team like the Astros and Red Sox both are, that's what I would be looking at at this point in time. Don't lay 110 on Aaron Judge. There are better bets for bigger payouts. Sammy, a couple minutes left, so we'll finish up with this. Adam and I were talking earlier about the fact that now, in the wake of the Stanley Cup final finishing, we hear about this litany of injuries that the Tampa Bay Lightning have been battling through that is far more detailed than upper body injury and lower body injury. Are we just old men yelling at clouds about the NHL having all of these sports book deals and yet not giving us any of the injury information that could make a decision for us as to which team we think will win? Let me put it this way. If I would have known that it was this bad in Tampa Bay, I would not have bet them in game number four for the amount of money that I bet them for. And that was the chance where they had to even this thing up. I think they were down two to one in the series. And correct me if I'm wrong, they lost that game in overtime. Nazem Kadri scored that goal to put Colorado up three games to one. If I would have known that three or four or five of their best players needed surgery the following week, <laughs> I probably wouldn't have bet on Tampa Bay. But what do I know? Fair enough. I will take that as you joining us in yelling at clouds. You actually did just yell a little bit, so perfect right I there. I did yell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a little yeah. upset, man. I mean, look, it's you know, it's not their job to tell me that these guys are that serious. I, if anything, let's in in all reality, let's tip our cap to guys who can't even put their skates on, putting their skates on and playing hockey. That's that's incredible. It's a lot better than that NBA when they break a pinky nail and they're like, oh, I'm out for two weeks. There you go. Tough it out. Sam Paniotovich, find his work uh, at Nesson at Fox Sports. Sammy, as always, appreciate the time, and have a great holiday. Cheers. You guys, too. See you later. Thanks, sir.
Big Five on the other side. I'm not done with Kyrie Irving. Well, I kind of am done with Kyrie. 